0: Welcome back to the Character Corner on the MTR Network. This is your host Chris and Deepam here, and um, you guys know what time it is. It's, it's time for another one of your favorite shows on this network. Uh, our Character Corners, uh, people love these things. I'm so glad. Uh, shout out to some. I can't. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. I know you're listening. Um, somebody hit me up uh, about this on Twitter because I mean, our fans keep us on our toes. So I posted the last one we did with Sinister and um, Apocalypse. You know, we go through the history of these characters. And somebody hit me up on Twitter. was like, hey, do you have the? Do you have like a, a, an Amazon link to all the books? I'm gonna buy them all. I was like, shit. I just I stopped doing that. But yeah, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go do it. So I, I went and I put them on our, our our um on the influencer page I have for Amazon. And I sort of, yo, I went and checked. The, I was like, yo, dude, really didn't, he went and bought them. Like, he went and bought, like, all of the uh, <laughs> Age of Apocalypse, like, collections and things like that. So, yo, shout out to you all for just being awesome fans. Uh, like, that shit means a lot to me. Not just financially, but honestly, like, you guys don't understand. Like, Deepom and I could just sit here and talk comic book characters and nobody would be listening. So, the fact that other people listen, it's... It's truly amazing and and we really appreciate it so um and also know some people don't read comic books and they listen to us as the way to get around from reading comic books. I definitely say you should get into reading comic books like let's 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 do that, but eh, let's say you don't have the money or you don't have the time uh I think we're a good sh- we're a good alternative. We'll give you the quick history, so we'll at least get you caught up, so you at least know what's going on in the movies, you at least know what's going on what what latest books to get so I think we do a pretty good job. So um today we're doing um doing a we're doing a look uh, okay, at this is a big hitter It's weird because we've done a lot of characters around this character and we we also uh we did his villains before we did we're doing Batman we did the rogue gallery of Batman before we've done all the Batgirls we've done and Batwoman through her in and then we did Tim Drake <laughs> we did a Robin and now we're just like, hey, you know, at some point we should probably just go ahead and do Batman himself.
1: And at a certain point we have to do, we're going to do a round of these where we're going to just do, like, updates. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We have to. Because the Tim Drake one just got longer.
0: Mm. Much longer. And, and, and we still gotta do, shit, we, I mean, we still got to do, shit, I mean, we still got to do Dick Grayson. You know, we t- we touched on him a little I bit with the Titans. I don't
1: know if I can do Dick Grayson. <laughs> I'm too close to it, you're too close, I, to it. it hurts too much. It's, it's too, it's too. They've tried to kill him like six times, like <laughs> documented. Like, people like, yeah, we were gonna kill him until at the last second someone told us not to. <laughs> you know, he's supposed to die in Infinite Crisis. I can believe that. Like, Diddy Dan Dido was like, Oh, yeah, we were gonna kill him, and, and uh, I think someone talked him out of it.
0: I, I, I can believe it. so. Not only that, but you think about what, the, and we'll get into this when we talk about Batman because you obviously have to talk about the Robins when you talk Batman. I mean. They the the original Jason uh Jason Todd was literally a replacement of, of Dick. <laughs> you know, yeah, they literally that was, that did, I mean, they literally was, did Dick Grayson all over again with the original Jason Todd before they um they went and made the version that people don't like. But we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll, we'll get to we'll get there. We'll get
1: there. We'll talk about who actually didn't like Jason Todd.
0: Well, let's get into that. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um cuz I think I think that that well we'll save it. Let's say we we got we got ways to go with that because um this is one you know another long standing character and I think that's one of the things that stands out to me when we do D C characters is how far back they go. And I'll say this about Batman. Out of all the DC's characters we've done with a long history, I mean this is a character that goes all the way back to nineteen forty. You know? Um well technically I guess nineteen thirty nine. But um when you think about that and you think about some of the other characters we've done,
1: I would say he's probably the least messy of the ones we've done. And that's mostly because Grant Morrison's a psychopath. Well, even before then, like it's yeah. it's it's less messy, but there's definitely like oh, seasons of the bat. Oh no, there's can no. there's Candy Bat, there's Sci Fi bat, there's Neil Adams bat, there's post Frank Miller bat. Oh yeah, yeah, There's yeah. like Bat God, early two thousands. Yeah, like yeah. there's definitely I think what you're saying is that like you could hypothetically do a chronological through line with the character, but by and large, the core of the characters remained unchanged.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, here's the thing: it, it's he's not um, he's not Hawkman, and he he's not he, he's not one or Okay, <laughs> you know, Who is? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like you know, compared to some of the other shit we've had to deal with, he didn't disappear completely like Wally West did. All right, like, I'm just saying, we, we, for the most part. Bruce Wayne and Batman have remained relatively intact in some shape or form. Okay, you know he didn't shed his name and become, you know, uh, what? What, what, what do they do with um, Wonder Woman? Like she didn't have power, but she was like, a, she was a spy, a spy like a lot, secretary, <laughs> right? Right. Wonder Woman. Right. Just... you know
1: they have to keep Wonder Woman in publication at all times, otherwise the rights are her. I,
0: exactly. So you know, just yeah.
1: But you're right. Batman is one of those books that not just is like the perennial DC character. Literally his flagship book DC is Detective Comics. Um, It's just for me and we're going to talk a lot about the character but at the core this is the single greatest comic book character there is. It's at the core something relatable it's the horror of a child losing his parents
0: and, and you know what can i just say cuz i feel like one of the reasons why we need to do this is and this is why i don't like talking batman online it's the so twitter cool the, the twitter prep time debate is so fucking annoying they're missing the point of batman not only they're missing the point of the batman but they also it's just, there's so many things that drive me crazy about that and you're missing the point of batman when people say he's a bad character, I'm like, you guys haven't read a Batman comic in like fucking forever because it's literally at some points gets to be like one of the best written characters over at DC, one of the most protected characters in recent memory at DC. Like, come on, folks! Like, it it drives me crazy. It it just, it just does. It it it's like this is a character. Like, this is a character along with the X Men growing up. Where I watch, I mean, and and I think part two of this is definitely us going into more other mediums, but like next to the X-Men, it was Batman animated series like that.
1: No, let's let's be really real. Batman's it. Yeah. For every generation of Batman, for the Pope comics, Batman, for the, um, for Batman 66, like Adam West was a fucking thing.
0: You know what the crazy thing about it is? Uh, So I actually don't ask me how. I, I got some of the original Batman comics. Listen, however you feel about what they did with Campy Batman, they nailed the casting because he looks like Adam West. I'm like, I'm looking at the 1940s. <laughs> ca- I'm looking at the 1940 characters, like him and Burt Ward. I'm like, you guys, uh, this is this is spot on casting because did you guys know this? Like, was, was did, did, <laughs> did Bob Kane and, and Bill Finger come from the future? Like, how the fuck did they do this? Because this looks like... Adam West and Burt Ward. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like they nailed that. Like whatever you do. But no, you're you're right though. Like Batman's generational, goes across generations, and there's always a Batman for that era. And it's like I feel like that's also why when people say, and 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 I'll be the first one to admit that DC does have a Batman crutch, and they put they sprinkle uh, Batman on everything. Like Frank's Red Hot. Like I put that shit on everything. Put some Batman on it. I think it's because Batman does span the generation. It's the one character that you can put there that everybody will recognize and everybody has some it kind of connection a lot to. Of
1: stuff that works, you know.
0: Well, again, I know that they do it too much. They do it too yeah. much. Sometimes it's a
1: dang great. It is a crutch. It's a dang great crutch.
0: Oh no, no. Hey, listen, listen. It's like so. Uh, it's like it's like that uh, First Prince of Bel Air episode where the coach is talking about what they should do in any situation, and the answer is always pass to the will. And and that one time, Colton's like, no, we should uh, do a down screen and go around the corner. And do." he's like, no, 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 fuck. The answer is pass it to Will. That is the answer to everything. Yes. (laughs) It's
1: put Batman on it. And it works. Like you said, it it works. And it works because at the core of the character, like I would say, it's not about the prep time or about the cool suit or the car or the cave or like the suspiciously aged teenage wards. (laughs) it's about how we as humans react to trauma. Yes. It's the idea that inside all of us is that hero that can say, I'm not going to be afraid. Who can say, I'm going to overcome this horrible thing. Is there anything more horrible than a child, than parents being ripped away from a child? Yeah. Is there anything truly more tragic than the the child growing up, never knowing his parents love? It's, it's it's characters I read or that we talk about in superhero comics are aspirational, are inspirational. They're Superman. We can't fly, but man, we can carry ourselves like Superman. We know the difference between right and wrong. We can't, we can't, we don't have a power ring, but we can be only limited by our own imaginations. Anything we can imagine, we can, we can will into existence. With Batman, it says, no, no, no. Just go be the best version of yourself at all times.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And there is, and I'm stats, I promise you, I'm not skipping ahead. But Batman Fifty, New Fifty Two, it's one of Scott Snyder's last books on the main on the main run, and it is what you think of a crazy, outlandish, super weird Batman book. There's a, the main bad guy is a sixty story tall giant flower thing. He's fighting Bat robots, and there's a Joker mech, and there's so much crazy shit going on. It's insane. But in this madness, Scott Snyder sneaks in a monologue by Jim Gordon about Batman, that it it captured not just why, why Batman's important. It, it talks about why we read superhero comics, and says. sorry i love this piece maybe you just want a superhero to fix it all well i tried to be that superhero to fix what i couldn't fix at jim gordon but superheroes can't fix those things for us not even batman he can't fix the real things because he's not real i felt it sitting on the rooftops with him people say that bats are messengers from the land of the dead whoever he is he died a long time ago he's a cautionary tale a ghost he fights our nightmares to teach us to fight the real terrors of the day he believes in us Not because Batman can save us, because he believes we can save ourselves. He's a superhero seizing us, the heroes we can be. Holy shit. That's it.
0: Yeah. It's Batman. Yo, it. for all the talk about it, you know, and I think this goes down to, and again, we'll get more into the character and and the time period we're talking about for this first part here. But I, I think that a lot of people miss the fact that the reason why Batman's so successful over at DC and while they they always like you said it's a damn good crutch for them to do he's one of the most human characters and you can tell so many human stories through him because he is just human but also at the same time larger than life it's just like it, it, I, I saw somebody say some something similar to what we've we've been saying before where they were mentioning why the DCEU and why Warner Brothers keeps fucking up with Batman. And they're like, they keep writing him off as this brooding loner when he's really, at this point in his career, he's a single father of eight, you know? <laughs> and it's true because it's like, well, yeah, people always look at Batman as this loner. But then when you go through these comic books, you're like, yo, he's always had a – it's always been somebody there, whether it's Alfred, whether it's, it's, it's a Robin. And when there isn't any of those there, you see that he does what we all do when you – When you're alone, you're angry, you don't know how to deal with your emotions, and you're keeping it all bottled up inside, he gets sloppy. He gets gets hurt. And, like, it's something that you can relate to. Like, everybody always goes to, oh, well, he's just a rich white dude in a bat suit. It's like, yeah, but there's a lot more there. And there's a lot more that he's written as um, that I think a lot of people miss. Just if you're looking at it from a from a distance, but when you get right down to the core of Batman, oh, it's very relatable to a lot of things. Excuse me, going on, and it's just like I said, I I I, I love it. It's why we all, even I think even the haters love Batman. Like,
1: There's a, uh, e- an old joke: If you be yourself, if you, if you it, the best piece of advice is to always be yourself, unless you can be Batman, then be Batman.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly, hundred percent. Yes. All right. So let's get into this. Uh, the first appearance of Batman is Detective Comics number twenty-seven uh, in March nineteen thirty-nine. Um, the creators are Bob Kane, uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger, and I think that was the uh, the 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 storyline they did for that was the case of the Chemical Syndicate. And mm-hmm. so we're going to take a little minute to also discuss. Something else that D Palms didn't bring up to me on the on the side of, during our mailbag, which is really, really related to what's going on here. And that's the case of, of Bill Finger, who it's it hasn't been until what was it, 2011? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Shit. I still wasn't until twenty fifteen that he started getting credit for being a co creator of Batman. And and why I'd even say I mean, yes, co creator, but like he, I mean, he created Batman. Yeah, he created
1: Batman. Like, like, Okay, so first and foremost, if you have Hulu, I would direct everyone to go to the Hulu documentary, Hulu page right now. There's a documentary on there. It's called uh, Batman and Bill. It is. It premiered in 2017, I believe. It's a wonderful summarization in a much better, fuller depth read into what I'm about to talk about. So... What you've got to understand is that DC Comics, as you understand them today, is actually a conglomerate of many comic book companies that were bought out. At the time, Action Comics had developed Superman. Big hit, revitalized the superhero market. We all know who Superman is. So, National Comics said, well, we've got to find something of our own. So, in Detective Comics, number 27... Bill finger and Bob Kane launched Batman so if you read Bob Kane's original notes about Batman oh they're, they're good you've go seen ahead. The, you've seen the drawing <laughs> if you've ever seen a Batman drawing where he is wearing red tights and like boots no gloves a domino mask a robe with these bat literal bat wings and then a hyphenated Batman <laughs> people are say what's this from that's Bob Kane's drawing of Batman. That's the first pitch.
0: Bill Finger saved Batman.
1: <laughs> Bill Finger was like, no, let's let's do this. And then so the, the movie breaks down how the etymology of the name Bruce Wayne was selected by Bill Finger for very specific reasons.
0: Oh wow, I didn't know that.
1: Oh yeah. The first name came from um a Scottish patriot, Robert Bruce. And then I forget where Wayne came from, but that's where that's where he started. He built the name from these thematic and film inspirations. The script in Detective Comics 27 was written by Bill Finger.
0: Yeah, he, um, I know he pulled things from like Dick Tracy, Sherlock Holmes, that's the detective aspects of it. Like he pulled from a lot of things that at that time were, you know, in, I I guess you can call it pop culture of that time, the 1930s popular culture
1: here, but- Even Kane's autobiography admits he wanted to make Batman a a a, a, a superhero vigilante, and Bill turned him into a, a, the detective. Yeah. What happened was Bill Lee Finger made all these changes and adjustments, and Bob Kane took the character to DC. Excuse me, to um, Vince Sullivan without Bill. So Bob Finger, Bob's Kane, excuse me, negotiated a deal without Bill. It is a. Uh, it is. I don't use this phrase lightly. It's one of the true great injustices.
0: Well, particularly when you see all the, not just Batman, like
1: Batman, the Batcave, one, uh Catwoman,
0: Catwoman the Joker, the, the, the Penguin, oh, you, I remember seeing the thing about him, remember who else was trying to claim credit for the Joker, and Bill Finger basically like, no, you came in with a with a playing card. I did yeah. all the work. You you had a playing card. I had all the meat. Of the Riddler, the Calendar Man, Two Face—like
1: Payne's original pitch for Robin was to have a, another rich kid lose his parents, and Bill Finger change it to the acrobats.
0: Listen, every every aspect of what you think of Batman came from Bill Finger, and like you said, it is it is a true injustice that it took this long for D, like, to do the right fucking thing.
1: Bill Bill Finger invented the name Gotham City. Bill Finger invented those the the giant T Rex cave and the, and the giant penny. That's Bill Finger. Bill Finger died in a pauper's grave, unmarked. That broke. 1974. He died at 59. His family was consistently denied royalties by DC Comics. Um. Posthumously, of course, he was inducted into the Jack Kirby Hall of Fame in 94 and the Eisner Hall of Fame in 99. He, in Comic Con International in 2005, established the Bill Finger Award in Excellence of Comic Book Writing.
0: And this time, they, they, remember we said the other date, DC still wasn't given credit.
1: Oh, no, no. So it's a perfect 15 DC Entertainment received credit on the superhero film Batman versus Superman. In the second season of Gotham, following a a finalized deal between the Finger family and DC. His first formal credit as a creator of Batman came in October 2015 in Batman and Robin number three and Batman Arkham Knight Genesis number three. Same, they dropped the same date. The acknowledgement for the character from that point forward states Batman created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. I'm still mad about the Kane thing, let's be honest.
0: Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because, like, this isn't like... Some guy in the corner who shouted out some, hey, maybe you should call him Batman. It wasn't even like he was just the artist. Like, Bill Finger wrote these goddamn stories. Like, it is truly fucked up. Like, there's no other way to say it. Like, it it is just unreal that it it took this long for DC to do the right thing here.
1: And let's be very clear. This is something DC does. The contracts they sign their talent to, and I don't know if it's changed now with the Binda signing, I imagine so. The things created within the universe under their auspices are the wholly owned property of DC Comics. You have no claim or rights to them at all. Essentially, actually, Bob Kane, the way it worked back then was you sold the rights to your character for future, like you'd say, oh, this always be named as, as created by and I'll get residuals for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So Alan Moore is crazy. I want to start all this by saying that. (laughs) Yes, Alan Moore is batshit insane. But Alan Moore created Watchmen from his own cloth. He didn't take a DC concept. There are adapted Charlton characters, but that goes into like lots of levels of satire and what are we actually talking about? But the Watchmen universe was self-containing, created by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. It was a wonderful prestige series, one-year series. It's wonderful. DC brought out before Watchmen against Alan Moore's repeated wishes and lawsuits. They made the movie without his consent or control. So Alan Moore left DC Comics and said, I'll never work with DC again. DC, he started making, uh, it was American's Best Comics, which is, he made Tom Strong and some of those other characters, Queen of Fables. You're seeing them. You may hear some of these names they may bring up recently because American's Best Comics was eventually bought out by. DC, and now I'm watching Tom Strong pop up in the Terrifics issue one, which is cool. Like as a comic fan, that's cool. This is a cool concept. Multiversal Fantastic Four. I'm kind of here for it, but doesn't it make you feel a little icky knowing that what DC does to these creators? Right. Oh, and, definitely. And it makes it go. It makes the Bill Finger not feel like an outlier. It makes you figure out, holy shit, who else is missing? There's an, a great um documentary out there called uh uh dance um maybe it's playing the shadows of motown i can't remember the exact title but it's about the number one band of all time they've had more number one hits than any band you've ever heard of in your entire life and you don't know their names they're called the funk brothers and they were the studio musicians for all those motown hits but because of the contracts they signed they now play in hotel lobbies for pennies and tips it happened a lot in the past in a lot of different industries but bill finger the funk brothers they all fall in that same bucket for me of people who are just used up and spit out by an industry that they 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 loved
0: yeah it's just yeah like the, the bill finger story here and and again cause we we had to start off with this talking about batman because it, it's truly one of the it's it's a fucking crime it's a fucking crime. When you look at how much he... he, Like you said, he created Batman. Everything you know about Batman, Bill Finger did. And he got no credit until 2015.
1: Like, go watch... Please watch... If you have a Hulu account, pause the podcast. We'll still be here when you get back. Go watch the Hulu documentary, Batman and Bill. And then... Go find the documentary Standing in the Shadows of Motown. It's from 2002, directed by Paul Justman, and it will tear your heart out. Yep. Like, people don't know about the Funk Brothers. More number one hits than anyone in the hit can even imagine.
0: I remember every this. Yeah.
1: Motown song from 1959 on, they are the band on it, Chris. Mm-hmm. For 59 to 72. Yep. That's crazy.
0: it's it's just a weird like uh, you know we will not spend too much more time on this but it's a, it's a one of the weird things about comic books and creator uh ownership and 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 credit and and what's going goes on cuz hey it's not just DC i know marvels had some issues too i mean uh uh, who was the creator of Thanos? Was it it's not? Was it Jim, Jim, Starlin. Jim Starlin? He's had some issues. He was having a problem.
1: Yeah, the thing is, Marvel usually gets called to the carpet when things like this happen. Oh no, when absolutely! It, it's like, ooh, shit, more Watchmen. I'm like, wait a second.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. It's a it's a double standard here. Uh, and, and there and um, to me, like I'm I'm you know what I'm really interested in, and again I swear, to you guys, this is the last time we'll get back into the background. So <laughs> i I'm really interested in how the Marvel Unlimited stuff works. Cause it's not, just, and it, I'm saying Marvel Unlimited. I should, I should be more fair. Cause there's also comicsology Unlimited. There's, there's image. There's the image. Like, I wonder how that Unlimited stuff is working for creator like compensation. Mm. Because that's one of the all things that an indie it, book? huh,
1: like an indie book,
0: or for anybody. Because I, I know that, um, when it was first came up, there was a lot of questions about that, and we've all kind of just ignored it. But it's like wondering like so do like how how do you get paid as a creator if your stuff ends up on unlimited and also no they they definitely do have now digital only stuff as well so i'm um, again
1: digital built in the i think the question becomes is how does it translate to older I, I, contracts? exactly i guarantee there's something written in the new provisions oh it has and to you know be. what i bet i bet that Knowing how Marvel has operated in recent spheres, as far as creator-owned stuff, I guarantee they went back and re- renegotiated some of those deals or created new deals and said, "Here, here's our boilerplate standard. If you want to deviate, the lawyers can deal with it." But like, that's what we're—that's what this is how we get down.
0: I, I can, I can see that. I, I hope. And so, I bet yeah. that's
1: why certain things appear at certain times on, the, on. Uh, oh, absolutely. The-
0: oh, I- like that's one of the things I've been seeing people go. It, it's it's taking two six months. Is like there's a reason for that. Like if you don't do that, the. the also helping out the creators out there, guys. So it's like yeah. you know, not everything can be about the you know, just convenient to the uh, to the consumer. We we do need to let these <laughs> people get paid.
1: No matter how much we like it.
0: Oh no, yeah, exactly. There's gotta be a balance here. All right, anyway, getting back into Batman. So nineteen thirty nine, uh Detective Comics uh makes his uh makes his debut. I believe the Batman solo started uh, when was that? Was that nineteen forty? I believe so. I let's, let's believe so. Uh, I know I should have that down here, but I I, I didn't write it down. But I believe 1940 uh, was because I know so. Ro- the first introduction of Robin, uh, Dick Grayson, was 1940 in Detective Comics 38. Right. So I know that you had different things like the the batter uh, the the Batarang came in and the bat themed vehicle. Uh, the bat b- bat plane was in 31 uh, in Detective Comics 31. The Utility Belt made his debut July th- thirty-nine uh and Detective Comics 29. Um yeah. All written by Bill Finger. Uh so we had that stuff there. I wanna say the solo book was 40. I think you're right. Uh I'm I'm gonna go with it. We're gonna say 1940. And uh it introduced the Joker and Catwoman. And and I so I actually went back and I read that that uh looked at it, flipped to the pages, I wouldn't say read. And it's interesting the way they did the comic back then because basically it, it it reminded me of what you, you've been preaching for what DC should do with uh, Batman. And it makes you wonder, like, you guys have it right there. Like, apparently, none of the people that work at Warner Brothers read the fucking comics or know their own fucking character history. In that book, it's just basically, like, I want to say it's like three or four different stories. So you have the first one with with Batman and Robin taking down Joker, but there's another one that involves an old woman trying to steal something, and it's revealed that an old woman is really Selena Kyle and Catwoman, which shows, right. like, even in that first story, you see Batman, and Bruce Wayne is already kind of, and he lets her get away, and Robin's like, hey, wait a minute, did you block me from getting her because that woman's pretty? He's like, I don't know, Robin, maybe? And I'm like, oh, all the way back then, he was a mark for fucking Selena Kyle. <laughs> Robin had his own solo story in there, so... like there is history here with DC to do this, to do to tell multiple stories with Batman in there. Like it's it's built into the character. It's it's always been there. So I don't know. They're just not. They're not
1: reading. They're not doing this. Just care.
0: Also in that um in that issue, uh, Batman kills a bunch of people again. I think this is the one thing that that's,
1: you know. That's the thing is that you gotta kind of these DC characters. They get. Get, uh, massage John, where they're gonna be. Well, here's the thing. I was gonna point that out, but yeah, he does kind of
0: kill. Well, I was gonna say that that was the one, the, the one thing from the older comics that that Zack Snyder did pay
1: attention to. <laughs> like, yeah, at, at, out of all the stuff
0: that you could pull, and him, don't out of all the stuff you could pull from, he pulled that. Um, but, but like, so, but here's the thing: um, the editor, uh, Whitney uh, Elsewhere, basically said that the character would no longer kill from him there. So while he did it in that issue, from then on, it was like he won't do it again. Won't be using guns, you know. Won't use a gun. So it's like from the early beginning of the of the character, it they established that, and for the most part, stuck with it. There were some, there there are some deviations, but I don't think most of them are canon. So, not too bad. Again, going back all the way to the nineteen forties. Uh, let's see. Um,
1: do we need to talk about kind of who Batman is? Like, do we have to do that? You think for Batman?
0: Uh, I mean, I guess we can quickly go through it real quick. I mean, we
1: kind of covered it
0: before, you know, Bruce yeah,
1: Wayne. I, okay. I, I think even the the broader strokes. So Bruce Wayne's a kid. His parents are rich. They kind of run Gotham. They go to see a movie. It's very notably the massive Zorro. If anyone tells you it's something different, they're a fucking liar or they're watching Batman, the animated series.
0: I mean, it um, makes it, it makes sense that it's a massive Zorro, though, because, I mean, this is, again, one of the inspirations that Bill Finger used to create
1: Batman. 100%. Uh, his parents are killed. He's inspired to fight crime and say that no other child should ever feel the way I feel again. And to that end, he trains himself to be a living weapon, inspired by something that struck fear into the hearts of criminals. Heart, excuse me, into his heart. He uses that symbol to strike fear in the heart of criminals as the Batman. Um, yeah, that's I guess that's the broadest way you can look at it, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, they, and
0: they, again, they did the origin pretty quickly. Detective Comics 33. So... Not too long after they created him, they went through and did his origins about his parents being gunned down. And I would say, again, um, this goes back to what I was saying before about the character being oddly consistent. That's been the story of Batman. Between him and Superman, their origins have been, for the most part, not fucked with.
1: I feel like you can do that movie, Batman, or Spider-Man at this point without any origin for any of the three of them.
0: Absolutely, hundred
1: percent. Not even a wistful look at a at a photograph of some pearls, <laughs> right? Or the word Martha ever being said.
0: I mean, if you think about it, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming didn't even. I don't think they even mentioned Uncle Ben.
1: They said it's been a rough couple months, right? <laughs> like that's that's so, all you I need. Like, that's exactly the way to describe that's it. That's all
0: you need. That's all. Yes, all you fucking need at that point. Um. All right, cool. Uh, let's go into the 1950s, I guess. Teams up with Superman for the first time, Superman number 60, uh, seventy-six. And volume one. Uh, they eventually then do... Cause they, I think DC realized that, hey, we have a hit with Superman. We have a hit with Batman. Hey, let's put them both together. World's best comics uh, quickly turned into world's finest comics. I believe there was a... Not a lawsuit, maybe a threat of a lawsuit. Uh, there. And uh, you get, you know, a team up of... Uh, the two great characters, and you get World's Finest coming out of that. Uh, they, they do eventually, at some point, team up with different characters. I think at some point, they do have Batman, Superman, and Robin there. Um it, and they, a times. Yeah, and there, there were a couple other ones later on. I think The Flash is in there at some point. Uh, Wonder Woman, different characters. But,
1: but make no mistake, this is one of the first big money makers for DC. They realized that putting their characters together that individually made money would make them more money is a lesson they would then carry forward to their Filmmaking enterprise when they figured out, oh, this movie with these characters that could one day possibly make money might make money, but it didn't make money, so now we don't know what's next, anyway. <laughs> I,
0: I, I do want to say that uh, they did have one of the problems I think still kind of plagued DC to this day. Uh, not I, I don't and I don't mean this in the comments, I think the comments have definitely figured this out, but movie wise, because just again, hate to bring it up, but Justice League. They would give they would give Batman superpowers, <laughs> so it didn't look too weird that he was teamed it was, with with Superman. Like those were the those were the way they wrote those comics then, and um, thankfully the comics have figured out better ways to put Batman and Superman together. But um, the movies are still struggling with that. So there's that. So really? there's, it's,
1: it's and it's a tough thing to balance because at the end of the day, you've got a god and a guy in a suit, right? So I mean that's a very real power differential,
0: right? And, and and I think that you know going going forward, and as we get more modern, we see what they did with with Batman in terms of making him like genius level and being this master strategist. Like early on, yes, he had those aspects of it, but again, I I don't think they knew how to balance that with the writing, and so their easy way out was you give him fucking superpowers, <laughs> you know. And uh, hey, you know what? It fucking worked, right? Right. It's old. It's, it's old shit. So it worked. Um, in 1960, February 1960, we, we mentioned this when we talked about. Oh, uh, wh- who do we do? I know we mentioned this before. Could we talk about the brave and the bold? Who are we talking We didn't do Superman. Somehow we talked. We did talk about the brave. And- maybe maybe it was Wonder Woman. Maybe. Must have been. No, no, it was it was Hal Jordan. That's what it was. That's it. Hal Jordan. Uh, The Brave and the Bold, uh, number 28, is the formation of the Justice League. Uh, We talked about this when we did uh, Hal Jordan, though. You'll notice that on the covers of those, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman were rarely on the covers of those. They're they're sometimes in the books, and they are in the Justice League, but they kind of... Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I think a big thing about Batman is that it would reflect, especially starting in the 40s, it would start to reflect kind of the the, the signs of the times. Mm-hmm. So, in the late 50s, Batman started to become, like, science fiction-y. You saw the Bat-Hound and Bat-Mite and Batwoman kind of being introduced, and you'd see transformations to space aliens because there were these characters who were coming out of the space race, coming out of the, silver, the newly emergent Silver Age, who were more science-based. You're right that they were able to use that later on, <clears throat> later stories with Redcon the big three as part of the integral team, but Batman and Superman had their own money maker in world's finest, exactly. And so the Justice League of America was formed and brave and bold, but it was what it was more was to collect the rest of the characters that weren't getting that Batman and Superman rub, mm-hmm. and elevate them.
0: Right. Uh, also, in, in in terms of also with the sci-fi aspect, there was the whole thing about people suggesting that Batman and Robin were gay.
1: Okay, so what are so- people suggesting? It was Frederick Wortham's Seduction of the Innocent. Yes. It is a book. Oh, buddy.
0: <laughs> like, I, did, I almost didn't want to cover this, but I felt like we had to in this. So,
1: the, the idea of the book, the central thesis, if you will, that children imitated crimes committed in comic books and that these works were cor- corrupted the morals of youth and that Batman comics, in particular, were uh, uh, outrageous because of their supposed homosexual overtones and argued that Batman and Robin were portrayed as lovers this would lead to an outcry and an almost banning of superhero comics, but it resulted yeah. in the comics code authority, which the big two recently shucked off. I say recently, cause I'm an old person. I guess it was like the mid two thousands, but for the longest time, if you look at any book from 1950, I think it's the comic code was introduced in 59. Yeah. That if you look at the top right corner of any, or top left corner of any book, there's a comic code of authority there. Mm-hmm. There were certain issues where DC would run the issue without the comic code. Uh, famously, the issue where Speedy comes out as a drug addict. Yes, was run without the comic code. And that was but a big
0: deal. It's a big deal when they ran something that didn't have the comic code. It.
1: Yeah. And so, as a backlash to this, Batman, Robin are gay. You saw the first Batwoman get introduced in 1959, and you saw Barbara Gordon introduced in '61. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, pre-Barbara Gordon, the other Batgirl who became the- right.
0: Because Barbara came from the show, right?
1: Oh, but you're right. Yeah. But that was like when um, Bette Kane and Kathy were It's a mm-hmm. whole thing. Exactly. Anyway. So you're right. Brave and the Bold the 60s kind of launches Batman. But by the mid-60s, the Batman book wasn't selling. No one was buying into the sci-fi idea of Batman. He worked more as a grounded character. But as the sci-fi elements came to, to, to flip away, and they're actually talking about maybe killing off the Batman – The launch of Batman 66, the television show, breathed brand new life into the character. Soon, for the first time, really, this isn't true because Jimmy, I mean, so Superman is the first example, but I think the best known example of other mediums affecting the comic book source material is the creation and proliferation of Batgirl.
0: Yes, huge. And it it won't be the first or last time, it won't be the last time for Batman.
1: Mm-mm. No, 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 no. This is, this is, this is something that that worked. It was, it was, but it only worked for a stretch. So, that, so when the show, which was even at the time significantly campy with the pow and the zip and the bang and all the fun things and Aunt Harriet and the and the fire poles and the phone and the red phone, the camp people forget it didn't last as long as you think. Batman sixty six lasted two, three two seasons, I yeah. think.
0: Yeah, I think it was. I want to say it was two. It was canceled in sixty eight. Yeah, so it only lasted two is years. crazy to me. Yeah, it, it, so here's the thing. I, I, Batman can't be, I don't want that, you know, going forward, but I won't lie and say for what it was at the time. And there were times when I'd be stuck at my grandmother's tailor shop watching TV land, and it would, the, the, if Batman 66 was on, I'd I gladly watch that.
1: Okay, so, and that's where you and I will always run <laughs> into a little bit of an impasse. I'm not a 66 guy. I never have been. It'd be hard to make me one. Uh, I, I just, I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. I don't appreciate it. I am the neck next, the, what came next guy. I love, because so, and you're right. It, for something that only lasted two years, it has such a big impact on how people perceive the character. Right. The point where when the Joel Schumacher movie happens, people reference this two-year stretch of Batman.
0: Yeah, and, so, I, and, I, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And first of all, I was like, look, it works for that time period. And if you take yourself back to that time period, like when the Joel Schumacher thing happened, he was like, well, I was going to go back off for the 66. I was like, you idiot. What the fuck were you thinking? Like, you can't do that. Like, it's one of those things. I feel like and it's kind of I weird. I
1: Batman 66 is your clone saga.
0: I don't think it's my clone saga. Cause I'm never going to say it's it. good.
1: <laughs> Wait, I didn't, did I say the clone saga was good? I just like the clone saga.
0: Wait, when wait, wait, you say the clone anyway. saga, are you talking about like the uh, the
1: cartoon? No, no, the way I am with the clone saga is the way you are with Batman '66. Oh, okay. Okay. I can, I can go with that. <laughs> I can go with that. Where, where I see the beauty and even if you Philistines here, <laughs> Right, right,
0: right. Like, I can see that. But also, I don't, I don't understand why you can't go you, you can't go back to it. Especially now, after what, what Batman has become, like you said, in the next era we're going to get to. like So, so Dennis O'Neill and, and Neil Adams deliberately were like, okay, that did not work. Let's let's go back to, again, it, 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 gotta bring up Bill Finger again because Diz O'Neal and, and, and Neil Adams basically said, let's get away from what we did with this campy shit and let's go back to the original ideas of what Bill Finger was trying to do, which, again, makes you angry that they didn't give this motherfucker credit. <laughs> not, not, not them as creators, but just DC as a whole. Because it's like, Bill Bill Finger's influence in what Bat what we think of Batman is just it's always there. Even when you get away from it, everybody comes back to it. And so the fact that they did not get credit until 2015 it's a goddamn fucking tragedy. I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry. I'm getting a little getting a little angry here. Getting a little angry. I feel better. I feel better. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs>
1: it's important. I'm just okay. Yeah, was. so Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams coming to Batman. And there are comic runs that I love more, but man, they are few and far between. Um, yeah, nineteen seventies, the creation of Ray Ghul.
0: Oh, so look, so while we're in this this, 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 these runs, I went and read some of these things. Ooh. So I went back and read. So you can get like a bundle, and it's basically like, oh, what is it? It's like uh something of the demon. I can't remember what it's called. But I got the bundle and it just has all of Daughter these of
1: the, Daughter of the demon.
0: Huh? Daughter no, of the
1: demon? No, no, Daughter of the Demon is the first story.
0: Yeah. But it's it's something like that. I can't remember what exactly it was called, but it has all these stories in there involving race and man. A tale that's what it Tales of the Demon. So Tales mm-hmm. of the Demon has like the Comics of uh, 411 Batman two thirty two, like it has all these things in here. It has the great, um, what was that? Uh, Batman two forty four, that has the time when um, Raich basically beats Batman in the duel in the in the, yep. in the desert.
1: Oh man, like this is fucking amazing. Like it, like it, when you talk about like cool metal seventies Batman, where it's like him in the cow with no shirt on and the hairy chest holding a sword. That's Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill.
0: Yeah, like. like
1: I'm sorry. This, that's for, like, we can talk about this a lot of time. That's my Batman.
0: Yeah. Um, like, it's,
1: it's and, and and we're going to talk about some of the darkness because it went darker in the 80s, but in a different type of way. Mm-hmm. But in the 70s, it was very much like very noir, very detective shit. Like, you're right, very in the roots of Bill Finger, who himself rooted the stories in Sherlock Holmes. That's why he created Robin, to have a Watson.
0: So And, and that's what made, you know, them bringing in Rage. With uh, Batman so great because in these stories you get a lot of race kind of sh- Batman uh, something happens, you know, race all the sudden shows like there's one time when Robin's kidnapped. Uh, that is a daughter of the demon story.
1: Uh, that's, that's, that's the introduction of Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Dick Grayson's kidnapped and the, the swords left in the cave, and you're left to figure out what who could figure out Batman is, is Bruce Wayne. Right.
0: And and so. Right, we, I love these books. I yeah, love yo because because the what they what they show you is. Um, raish is is basically testing bat testing bruce wayne i'm saying batman but he knows he's bruce wayne testing bruce wayne to see how good of these because he's the world's greatest detective right he's testing batman to see how good he is because he wants an heir for him he wants somebody who can marry his daughter uh talia and you know you you're you're watching all this stuff and you you're watching as they get to the end batman's figured out that Raish is playing him you yeah. know like Yo, like, can we stop this now? Like, I I know it's you. I know it's you behind this. You're playing on. He's like, well done, detective. And 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 this is basically, you know, the start of that whole, uh, um, back and forth between race and, and Batman with him calling him the detective and you know that whole aspect of it. And you're right. These these comics from the set from the 70s are. It's very rare that I go back and write, um. I guess the Thor comics, with Walt Simonson, we read those, and I can read all of them. These are the same way. Like I can read uh, O'Neill and Adams' Batman the same way I read the Simonson stuff from Thor. Like they're good. Like yeah, they have some campy stuff here and there, but for the most part, not bad. Not
1: bad at all. Right, right. Um, You're 100 right. I think. Uh... It 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 holds up in a way that shows you just kind of ahead of the how ahead of the time O'Neill and Adams really were.
0: Yeah, and and, and, and you can see a lot of this stuff uh, carry on uh, and stuff
1: you, you see today. So yeah, absolutely. Thought, oh, did they, did the stuff there influenced the movie Batman influenced the animated series, which influenced today's creators. So yeah, the Dennis O'Neill, which ties directly back to the Finger. It's amazing what happens when you stay truest to the true version of the character.
0: Oh, I forgot. So, also, I also have uh The Strange Apparations uh book as well. So I got that. That's um uh, Linwin and uh Walt Simonson. Mm. Yeah. So I have those as well. So yeah, I mean there's there's some good stuff in here from the seventies.
1: And in the seventies and early eighties is also where you saw Batman kind of find his place in the larger DC, The Outsiders reform for the first time, which is kind of Batman's Black Ops team, and which really just turned into like a Justice League starring Batman. He <laughs> was one of the charter members of Justice League International. I can't remember when he punched out uh, Guy Gardner, but it's probably the funniest comic book panel ever. Um, yeah, Batman. He goes through a lot of phases, and you see a lot of different shades of Batman. So when he leaves. I guess that's how it happens. After the Outsiders, he joins Justice League International, where I guess Maxwell Lord had formed like his own Justice League with the UN, and it invite and the guy Gardner Bruce Wayne fight is the greatest thing that ever happened in comics. Bottom line, <laughs> one punch, one punch, so stupid.
0: I think <laughs> you know. I think we if we, if, I think this goes back because you know what. It's so funny. We're like um, we're like some of the comic book, uh writers we like where we'll mention something and then it'll, cu- it'll pay off like years later. I want to say we mentioned this when we did the Suicide Squad uh,
1: character no, corner. we did it during the Green Lantern one. And we did it
0: during the Green Lantern one too.
1: And we did it during the Rebirth comic book club. Like, right. I mean, made I love it. Loved, they, and DC loves it too because they call back to it a lot. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um... So, do you want to take a moment right now, since we're in the '80s, and 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 talk about the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns, before we get into the rest of the stuff that's in continuity? Yeah. Or do you so want to? Or do you want Or do you want to get rid? Do you want Do you want to get rid of Jason Todd for do the Jason Todd suffer and then go to that? No,
1: get rid of Jason Todd, you bastard.
0: Well, I'm not saying get rid of him, but you know what happens. I mean, what, Jason what, Todd
1: what, died after after Dark Knight Returns, right?
0: He does he though? Because that's
1: '88. Dark Knight Returns is '86.
0: Okay, cool. So let's do let's do Dark Knight Return. and then we'll do the whole from Jason Todd being created to 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 his death. But and we'll
1: like, talk about the Crisis because it changes Jason Todd radically.
0: Exactly. That's why I wanted to say. Let's, so let's take the little detour to do the Dark Knight Returns right now. Then.
1: Okay. So this was so Frank Miller. Frank Miller.
0: I think can, can we can we throw him into another crazy person thing like? Oh, this... Frank
1: Miller definitely crazy. Okay, okay. And like definitely a Nazi. Oh um, yeah. But it's like, a, 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 I praise on his writing style how much I love it. Frank Miller, when he wrote Dark Knight Returns, it 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 feels like fascism dream. I okay, so it's so a
0: fascist's wet dream. It's what it is.
1: I'm yeah, it's a it's about a fifty five year old Batman who's in retirement who sees the decay of the world around him and decides his strong hand is the only thing that can fix society. If you've heard this before. You may be related to MAGA people, but I digress. It was a grimy, dark take on a future Batman. It was apocalyptic Batman. And it was done in a widescreen approach. It was done in a limited series. This is one of the first times that DC has really explored the alternative ideas of what Batman can be. And while this has gotten us a lot of great stories... It's also allowed the character in recent years to find a way to always be treading water. Because, hey, let's say we've got a great Scott... And I and and I am effusive in my praise of Scott Snyder's run on Batman. I love that story. But in the middle of that story is Zero Year, which is a story, what? About the origins of Batman. Mm-hmm. Tom Taylor's current run is amazing. See, that's out there. Tom King, I apologize. Uh, Tom Taylor also does great stuff. Tom King is writing an amazing Batman run. He's going to marry the bat and the cat. But the middle of his story is a digression to a tale of the beginnings of Batman. What's happened is the core of Batman's felt so inexorable that people have found the only the best way to tell stories about growth and change is to tell stories about a non-current Batman. Mm-hmm. A lot of that happens. A lot of that starts with Dark Knight Returns because we're showing a Batman that can fucking beat Superman, like yeah, like we're shown that in this book, he doesn't just beat Superman; he tricks the motherfucker and then wins anyway.
0: And and just to say, just just to say, because a lot of people bring up that that those, those panels, and I'm like, a lot goes into that as well. Like, a lot su- su- super, Superman has been weakened because he literally absorbed a nuclear bomb, survived a nuclear bomb. He's uh, Batman, also. Cheats a little bit and has green one arm green, uh, green arrow shooting a kryptonite arrow at. not
1: one arm. Bruce cheating? Okay, you're right. I'm just saying.
0: Right. Now and 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 to be fair, to be fair, uh, Superman did rip that arm out. So um, there's that. But um, yeah, there's a, he, he has a lot of help there. So when people are making it seem like it was a it was a full power Superman, and, and that also Superman is not trying to fight Bruce as well, so he's not going his full strength here. So. There's a lot here when people bring this up and I'm like, It wasn't as easy. It wasn't what you guys painted to be. So, um What uh there's also the introduction of here, uh what was the other Robin here? Um What was her name? Uh Carrie, Carrie Kelly. Kelly. Carrie Kelly. So you, you bring another Robin because again you can't do a Batman story without a Robin. Uh they bring another Robin here. Did you now did you read what was it? Dark Knight Returns what was the second part? The Dark Knight Strikes Back. And then I know the third one was Master Race. Which, by the way, they Ridge named it Master life, Race. Guys. What What else do you need to know? What else do you need to know about guys. Frank Miller? He named it Master Race, and I was like, okay, now he's just now, now he's rubbing it in your face. What are we doing here, folks? Like, Master Race? I didn't read that shit. I'm sorry. Oh,
1: no, no, no. And I read Strikes Back, and it's really bad. And people strikes told me that. Again. Yeah. People like, told me. Back what back. Like to, if you like dark Knight, which I do, I mm-hmm. with all the problems. It's still on the shelf as one of those. I'll talk about the book any day of the week. However, and by the way, the animated adaptations, I don't know how the fuck they pulled it off, but they are fucking amazing.
0: They're fucking fantastic. Have Probably, you watched them? Oh, have I watched them?
1: I mean, look, the <clears> fact <throat> that they nailed the internal monologue and it's somehow translated to film. I, I didn't know you could do it. Yeah. No. Again,
0: this goes back to me looking at DC going, guys.
1: (laughs) Someone gets it.
0: Guys, like, you can do this. Like, no, 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 that is probably, and and I feel like this always happens with DC. They do something that's really great, and then they spend the rest of their time chasing after it, chasing after that greatness. That's what the Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2 are in animated form. Like, they have been, since they released those, I do not think, I think they've done some okay animated stuff since then. I don't. I said okay. I don't. I don't. I don't think they've come anywhere close I don't think to it's achieve. Been okay. okay, you're hey. I, I I can okay. I I can't argue too much about that because it's like I feel. But I feel, I feel like they've been trying to chase after what they achieved with the Dark Knight Returns Part One and Part Two. And here's the thing: you're not gonna do it. I, Unless
1: you've got a whole bunch of Frank Miller stories you haven't adapted yet. Hidden under a rock somewhere. Right. I'm sorry. But, like, say what you about Frank Miller. He got that version of Batman. Yes. He got the angry old man watching the world pass by. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, could have been a little <laughs> personal. Could have been a little personal.
1: Could a little autobiographical, Frank? Yeah. A little bit But for me, I think The Dark Knight Returns was... It's, it's a similar piece. It is important for the medium because it showed, just like Watchmen, it kind of grew up the medium. But at the same time, it, it it also opened the door to these alternative versions, these, if you will, Elseworlds takes on Batman, mm-hmm. which sometimes are good, sometimes are bad. But sometimes tell someone who may be a screenwriter that maybe this is the Batman you should write. <laughs> and. I'm not. I'm, I'm being serious because no, I, I feel you. Like they're doing Gotham by Gaslight as an animated movie, which is cool and fun and weird, but that's a two issue else world story. Mm. There are better bad stories to tell. Yeah. There are ones that are closer to the core of the character to tell. Why are we so fascinated with these new and different interpretations of a character we know we love? Uh, what was the one I, that we did in um
0: in the Batgirl one? They had Cassandra Cain, and it was also Gotham. It was the one that thing that has Dick as 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 oh, what was that shit? It was something Gotham. Fuck.
1: Wait, wait, what were you talking about?
0: There was a there was a story, huh? Gates of Gotham.
1: Sterling Gates and um. That makes more (sighs) sense than doing
0: Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, Yeah. you know, it's like there, like you said, there, there's other stories, more modern stories, that they could do, but they're stuck. You know,
1: why has no one animated Hush yet? Fuck, come on! I don't even like Hush that fucking much.
0: But but it's a light up shit the long halloween which are doing apparently on the,
1: the I, show no, we're the not show we will not batman. name <laughs> i'm not talking about that right now. <laughs> I, I i i
0: even i that's even a far that, that's that's a bridge too far for me i'm other
1: right. thing is that, like this is the era where you got the, the the long the long halloween's the dark victories you got oh, these the, the, reimaginings and, and interpretations of the origins of batman people get scared to advance the character and that's one thing frank miller wasn't afraid to do he wasn't afraid to advance him. yeah so, whether you agree with the interpretation or not and i don't particularly enlarge strokes but i do enjoy the story
0: exactly all right so let's go back um i i would say cuz i guess this does take place before this or even around this time period you you get some significant things happening with, with with batman in in regular continuity first you basically get and i i don't have the issues right here in front of me uh, the numbers of it but you basically get the breakup of um of, of Well, not really. I guess you could call it a breakup of Dick kind of growing up and deciding he wants to strike out on play, his own.
1: It played out largely in New Team Titans. There have been lots of flashback books that have kind of explored it more and made it more poignant. But, yeah, the basic thing was the kid grew up. But particularly pre-crisis is a lot more amicable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's more like a graduation than anything else. Right. And um, this is all pre-crisis now. We'd be introduced next to a another acrobat whose parents would die.
0: Yeah, so so Jason Todd gets introduced into comics, Batman three fifty six, in nineteen eighty three, and like you said, like he's also in a family of uh, uh of acrobats who end up being killed while like it's literally Dick Grayson's story all over again. So Except I think what 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 hair color is Jason? Is he redhead? He's
1: redhead and dies it black to look like Dick.
0: Right. So like they. They basically did because they they've grown up, uh, Nightwing, uh, Dick Grayson the Nightwing, so they have to, but they also know that you know Batman and Robin is very popular, so they basically make Jason Todd to be a another Dick Grayson and Dick Light is Dick, really Dick Light. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: but I've been think all sure for that. Right,
0: really. but like, and and he he debuts as Robin and 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 um. In issue three sixty six, and it starts off like again. This is all pre crisis. He's loved, and and we'll get into the whole whether he not loved later on or not later on. But like you get um, uh, him basically filling as Robin, and it's business as usual. You know, it's it's the story you've seen before, and you continue on, and then. Uh, dc uh is this this is the first crisis right no this
1: is the this is the the big c crisis first one we've ever had so these oh. podcasts go
0: ahead no no go ahead
1: as we point out of the dc podcast um the continuity because of they bought all these other companies a little messy as opposed to you know absorbing their own history and making it all make sense he said, "He said, fuck that. They made more money if we push a reset button over the course of a maxi series. They do it over Christ of Infinite Earth, as is usually occurs during these things, as you'll notice the Bat Family largely untouched. However,
0: largely except for.
1: Jason was poor- turned into a dick. Literally.
0: And, and not not dick like. And
1: not just in name this time, an actual dick.
0: He's this, this is where you get the popular because, uh, again, I think a lot of people, when you say tell me the origin story of Jason Todd, they were like, well, he's the character that stole the wheels off the Batmobile. It's like, well, actually, that isn't the original Jason Todd's origin story. The original Jason Todd was literally, you know, Dick Grayson with, with red hair. You know, he was an acrobat, all of this stuff. So he fit in. And I, I, I want to say at that time. So after when they, when they did I, I don't know about the pre-crisis stuff but I know post-crisis at this point they also have at this point made the the cuz I think they cover this in it might be after Jason Todd's death they covered in the Batman year 3 portions of of the books I believe where they kind of go over the origin of of what happened uh between uh basically with with Dick Grayson and and Batman having a more of a a bigger fallout than has been previously stated. And and Batman basically basically going, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna introduce I'm not gonna create any um I'm not gonna bring on any partners. I don't need them anymore. And then he comes across this kid who literally stole has stolen the wheels off his Batmobile. He um sends him to this this school that he's working with. What was the name of the woman? Oh forgot the, she was she she was she was faking like she was running a and an, a boarding school for kids it's basically a boarding school for criminals and um jason uh, jason leaves there uh steals another man's uh, wheels on his car batman runs into him it's like why are you here jason tells him it's like well you sent me to a school full of criminals uh batman breaks up their their jewel highs uh jason shows up to save him uh to kind of warn him that he's about to get hit by something and Bruce decides to take Jason in as his ward and bring him in to be another Batman, but this new version of Jason, like you said, was he's kind of a dick. He's the streetwise kid who doesn't like following the rules, and they also make it seem like Batman rushed his development. Like they they do show him that he he trained him for six months but they show that he kind of rushed it because he was just trying to get a replacement for for Dick Grayson mm-hmm. that he never really wanted Jason there, but he wasn't man enough or wasn't like open enough to tell Dick Grayson that he still wanted him around. So he tried to replace him and ends up biting off more than he can chew with Jason Todd.
1: See, I never liked that interpretation of it because it makes what happened to Jason versus fault. Well, I
0: don't. I don't think. It's, I, don't, I don't. think. It's. I don't think it's necessarily Bruce's fault, because I think there's definitely the way. Because, because when you read, so we're leading all this up to get to deaf in the family. When I read that, I don't. Well, I. I think that there. I don't mind the interpretation of 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 Bruce, kind of like rushing the the development of, of Jason. I also don't think that what happens to Jason is Bruce's fault. I think it's honestly I think it's Jason's fault. hundred percent. You know? Partly Jason's
1: yeah. fault. I I I, I yeah, I, I think it's but I can see I can I think, see why. It's it's the fault with Jason's nature. Like he was never gonna be he was never gonna be Dick Grayson. Well, he was never gonna be
0: Dick Grayson and the the problem with Jason was he doesn't listen. Because at, at the beginning of Deaf and the So we're getting to Deaf and the Family, and at the beginning of Jason d Deaf of the Family, Bruce is because at this point, Bruce has been watching Jason go too much. He, um, what was it? He didn't, did he kill that, that pedophile or did he just not save him? I can't remember.
1: Oh, um, that's the question,
0: right? So we never, so drop we, it? right? So we never could tell. And 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 Bruce has been watching uh Jason get more brutal with it in his fights get get more um angry because again the original uh interpretation of Jason I think this is I think the original yeah post crisis Jason Todd his parents were killed by his father was killed by um Two Face and so he believes that one woman is his mother but during this definite family he's found he finds out that his mother isn't the the person he thinks. So he sets out during death of the family to find his mother. But he's also been sidelined by by Bruce because Bruce is like, hey, you've been out of control. I don't think he's, Bruce is like, and and this is why I say I don't believe that the interpretation that, that, that Bruce is technically responsible for what happened to Jason is Bruce realizes, hey, listen, I've been rushing you. You're still grieving. And I haven't given you time to grieve. And I know what that grief looks like. You need you need to sit down and I'm here for you, you need to do this, but you shouldn't be in the field and so that to me shows me that oh no, this isn't Bruce's fault. Bruce tried to do the right thing. he pushed Jason yes, but he also realized that he needed to 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 take him out of the field and let him deal with things because he saw he saw what happened with he he's seen what he seen Bruce is seeing what happened with himself, but also realizing that he had Alfred, he had other people there for him. Jason he had
1: a support didn't. system that he could lean on,
0: right? And Jason didn't. So, so Bruce is like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! You need to stop, Jason. I'm here for you. You know, I, I, I love you. You need to, you need to slow down." And Jason doesn't want to hear it. So wow. Jason, so Jason goes out to try to find who his mother is. Um, Let's
1: talk about phone calls. Okay. <laughs> so there was a one nine hundred number where spoiler DC made a shit ton of money. Um But you call in, you guys are assholes. (laughs) And you can vote to see whether Jason Todd, the second Robin, would live or die. So there is a copy of the book out there where he pulls out (laughs) Jason from the rubble. It says, he's smiling. and says, he's alive. He's alive. That didn't run. So by a margin of 28 votes, they basically said what the editor would once say about Barbara Gordon kill the bitch and they killed Jason Todd now this happens in batman 428 over 10,000 votes were cast in the 80s over 36 hours to a 900 number <laughs> because of some of the way the votes were tabulated there was a create there was a thought that some of them were, um, were maybe just maybe robocalls? No, no, you're t-
0: they would never t at the,
1: at the time. It's important to note that Denny O'Neill himself called voting for Robin to live. He felt Batman was incomplete without, incomplete without Robin and feared Jason killing Jason to would lead to backlash. It was, um, so. The way it worked was they ran an ad an ad at the back of four twenty-seven and he said you could call he could prevent all of this with a phone call. Two nine hundred numbers, one to live, one to die. And they said fifty cents a call, thirty-six hours. In nineteen eighty eight. Death of the Family was written by Jim Starlin. It's illustrated by Jim Aparo. And uh yeah. Right from 426 to 429. And they killed Jason Dot.
0: Yeah. Um, we we skipped over uh, Killing Joke. Killing Joke does happen before this. So these are two Joker kind of Joker stories here. We skipped over uh, Killing Joke because we've covered it before with uh, Barbara Gordon. So that's also in here. So you get here and, and you get Joker coming back. He has somehow it gets kind of racist a little bit. Has acquired a uh, cruise missile, and is going to sell it to. Uh, I believe it's the Taliban.
1: It's not unracist. How about that? Yeah, let's see. It's not unracist. That's, um, I think that's the strongest thing. I'm. Looking
0: and uh, I, I mentioned before that Jason, during this time, Jason's looking for his mother. He has. I I know. Uh, Lady Shiva was one of them. He was looking at. That's not her. Another one. I can't. Who Who was his actual mother? She was a piece of shit because she also. Turned him into she turned him over to the fucking Joker instead of getting blown up with Jason, which is just like, oh god, what what mothers like this? Like, who, like, god, what the hell, man? Like, and if I think about it, man, this is two st- big stories back and b- back to back, uh, that they've done with the Joker where women do not make out okay here, no, like, just like, mm, definitely had a problem with women, all right, uh, and yeah, uh you get the iconic image of Batman holding the dead body of, of Jason Todd. And I know it seems kind of weird. Cause people we were like, well, how did, you know, how, how did they get away with, you know, Jason dying as Robin and Jason and, and nobody finding out like the way it worked is Bruce, Bruce and Jason were both seen at the time in that area. So it kind of worked out mm-hmm. that way. And it could be that way. So, I mean, it's okay, but, yeah, they kill Jason, kill
1: and Jason. it was one of those deaths in comics that, for a very long time, stuck. It was you can't bring back Bucky, Jason, Todd, Gwen Stacy, your Uncle Ben, and now it's you. Oh shit. Ugh. If you're gonna bring them back and purpose them into a into an offshoot of the main character, like Spider Gwen or Red Hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spider Gwen being a thing will never not be funny to me. Like that's a girl who was thrown off a bridge. Like I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, start <laughs> off a bridge. That that's a very 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 and and Spider Man killed her. Let's mm. also be real about that.
0: Yeah, he definitely did.
1: He totally killed her. All right, sorry, I, I hate the distraction.
0: Um, so but, we're we're gonna end this uh with 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 you know the introduction of Tim Drake. I think that's a, gonna be a a great way to, in, in, you know, end this first this first part, but. Like you said, they went 11 months with, with you know, um, it was 11 months between Jason's death and Batman 4, uh, 428 and the first mention of his passing in Detective Thomas 606. And that was, when was Death of the Family? That was...
1: 1988.
0: 1988. So, and again, you know, like you said, Denny O'Neill was, um, you know, I, I he, what, knew that it wasn't a good idea not to
1: have Batman with a without a Robin. And he wasn't even writing it. They interviewed him afterwards to say, "Just what did you vote?" Yeah, because they knew that he got the character.
0: Yeah, and um, and, and and I will say this: you start to see in the writing why the rob, why is a Robin there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, Batman's going through a lot of stuff. And like I said, if, if what I did was I picked up the what is it, a, a Lonely Place of Dying, is yes. a great little. I think that's four issues. Where they basically cover the introduction of Tim Drake.
1: It's it's the creation and introduction of Tim Drake, and for the longest time, you're like, well, "Who the fuck is this kid? is oh, he so smart? How's he doing so much?" And it just it's a great window into. Um, for my money, still the greatest Robin. Yeah, no,
0: I mean it's a a lonely place of dying is. And and was that that was Denny O'Neill, wasn't it, Dennis O'Neill? Ooh. Didn't
1: you? No. The only place it's dying <laughs> is let me make sure. Let me make sure I I have it here.
0: Hold on. Who did
1: this? Do, 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 do. Marv Wolfman.
0: Marv Wolfman. There we go. Um which makes sense because he also tie there's also a tie into right. New Titans. So that makes sense. So they bring in um Tim Drake. So basically what you get is you, you get uh you open up with this fight with Batman fighting on um who is he fighting? Can't remember who's fi- he's fight he's fighting
1: huh? Two face.
0: No, it's not two face. The first one he's fighting is not two face. It's somebody else. Oh. I can't remember the villain he's fighting. He's fighting on the dam. And you can just tell like this is not this is Batman's like in trouble. He's struggling in this fight. And you you can't tell because you're seeing it's kind of like um, in the sixty six comics where you get like the the pow wham and you're seeing you're seeing a snap world sw- snap world and you don't know what it is until you get to like four pages in you realize it's somebody taking pictures and you have this person he's like he was hurt but didn't stop him nothing stops him so much for Bruce Wayne now I can start on Dick Grayson you're like who the fuck knows that that's bad? it was
1: Ravager it was Ravager.
0: Ravager, there you go. It's like, how the fuck do you know this? And, um, yeah, to me, Alone the Place of Dying just, just nails everything. It's, it goes back to the basis of it's a Batman and, and Two Face story, but it's also the introduction of, of, of Tim Drake, uh, and showing you why a Robin matters. But going with the Two Face stuff, oh, sorry. Going with the Two Face stuff, what I love about it is there's that one, oh, let me see if I, I, think I took a screenshots of it. Now, I can't remember what issues it, it, it it's in, but ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, so there's this. You you get the, the these couple pa- these these pages of Two Face and Batman, and and Two Face is trying to think of how he's going to bring Batman to him, and Batman's trying to figure out how he's going to uh, entice uh Two Face to come after him. And the way they drew these panels and the way they set them up, it's like you have uh, Two-Face on one, on one side going, blow up the Twin Towers. possible, but what do I get out of that besides Batman's death? I do like killing two birds with one stone. Should I do it? Scratch the tower. Then on the other side, you have Batman. Bruce Wayne could stage an event at the Two Towers for the 200th anniversary of Gotham City. Two possible targets, the charity money and me. He has a psychotic need to achieve two goals with each crime, you know? Uh, he said the man was district attorney is at, uh, at a constant, is at constant odds with the man who became two-faced, but I know how he thinks. And the ideal t- is to exploit that. Uh, then you go back over to Harvey. He's like, it's getting harder and harder planning. These two-sided crimes for I should alter my motorcycle. operandi just this once no Batman would never believe it. What then? There's a charity performers of the, the comedy of errors to consider two sets of twin brothers and the proceeds are going to two different charities. Cliched. I've got to be original or he'll be suspicious. Like it's just, you're seeing them go through these, these, um, these, their progressions. And you're, it's, it's a really good look at, you know, Batman and, and, and two face and how they come and grab But what you see throughout the story is Batman makes mistakes through here that he should have picked up on. And that's where Tim Drake comes in at. Um, right there's another panel here where you have like, you have two face on one side looking at the moon and you have on a rooftop looking at a moon and another panel, you have Batman doing the same thing like across the city. So you have two face going, what would he expect me to do? Definitely a robbery, nothing large, but not so over uh, overly. So violent enough to convince him that the robbery is my, is my motive, not murder. And then Batman's like, what do I do to lure him to me? Definitely something he can steal security enough to convince him that uh, enough to convince him the lure is real yet not enough to frighten him off then back to Two-Face not jewelry not jewelry not banks not drugs a crime where I can net millions and yet oh yes oh yes not the jewelry mart, banks won't cooperate no drugs It needs to be a crime large enough to entice him and yet oh yes oh yes they see so what you get is they both think that they figured it out and they both go to the wrong spots <laughs> and then when they're both in the wrong spot they both then realize what the other one was thinking, and they it's, it's it's it is it is fantastic writing. Like I, I love how they wrote this up, and that's even before you get to some of the Tim Drake shit in here. Right. It is just yeah, it it is fantastic if you can get the entire. And I I, I want to say because I think this goes through a holy place of dying covers all the Batman issues, So it's Batman four forty through.
1: 442. 442. It's also New Titans 60 and 61. Yes, exactly. So
0: it covers you all of this stuff. And um, yeah. And like you said, uh, Tim Drake didn't want to be Robin, but he knew Batman needed a Robin.
1: Right. It was... And it's something I said in our Tim Drake character corner, which you can find in our character corner feed on your podcast device and or Spotify. Plugs. But... <laughs> it's, it's... The thing that's so admirable about Tim is that he's not driven by... A need for desire, or a desire for revenge, or a thirst for vengeance—it's an inherent desire to do good. Mm-hmm. And they changed that later because DC hates me. But this Tim Drake is right now the reason why i always pick him as my favorite Robin because he's not the one who's who used the the mantle of Robin to avoid becoming a vengeance obsessed dark man like Batman. He's the one who said Batman needs a Robin. I need to save Batman.
0: Yeah, when you when you're when, when he's out in the field, if he's always – like that was the aspect some people brought up brought with Robin is like when he's out in the field with a Robin, his mind is also thinking – it's more sharp. He's thinking about like I have another person out here with me. I have a young boy out here with me. I need to make sure I'm on the A game. When he's out there on his own, he was just letting things slide. He was missing obvious things. He wasn't thinking the way he needed to. And honestly, he was like – Alfred at one point brings up. it's like, yo, sir, he's like you're – it used to be that I had to fix some of the things with you, like some of your injuries here and there. Now it's becoming a nightly thing. Like you're, you're in trouble. You're not grieving for Jason. You know, you, you get the thing with Dick as well. Like it's, it's there. And like, even the way Tim Drake figures out how, uh, Batman is, is Bruce Wayne. And, 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 and Dick Grayson was, uh, uh, was Robin, you know, and then Jason died and things like that. Like it's, You see the detective aspect of it and it's funny because when Jason dies you see that the thing that the the biggest thing that 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 Batman is lacking is his detective skills and what does Tim Drake bring as a Robin detective skills you know so yeah Uh, it's these are these are some really great 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 books and great great reading for that as well so Um, and like I said we're going to end there for Batman part one which I think is a good a good introduction. Uh, you you get all the way up to the introduction of Tim Drake, which honestly covers a lot. I mean, that's up to I want to say 88, 89 with Batman, so not too bad here. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about this before we wrap this one up?
1: I'm starting to think this might be a three parter. It could be. I, so if you I, go, if we go Bridge Gap, if we go Bridge Bat, and then. Modern New Fifty Two Bat, like that, could be two episodes right there, or one big episode, and then the Bat and other media. We might, what we might want to do is do Bat and other media next. Okay, and then finish up Comic Bat.
0: I think that might be, that might be a good idea. Let's do that. Let's do Bat and other media. Yes,
1: that, that reminds me, reading less and just remembering what these horrible fucking movies and television shows. Well, some
0: of them weren't horrible. I still have all the, I, I, oh, I,
1: animated series Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, one or two of the non, um, no one Bat movies. One of the Nolan bat movies, yeah two two of the Nolan Bat movies. I don't like Rises, yeah that's
0: fine, yeah I mean that's not that bad no something mean I, for the movie don't to rewatch like I might i I may or may not rewatch a lot is, of the animated what doing
1: series. Doing is, what's gonna be interesting as we prepare for this one is to kind of get our hands around how many interpretations of Batman there actually have been, which
0: it a shit ton
1: like I was almost joking like. Even the, um, the Under the Red Hood movie. like That touches on something we touched on today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll talk about it.
0: Yeah, let's do that. So, But actually, that's not going to be the next Heritage Corner.
1: Oh, excuse it's me.
0: It's going to be the next. That's Well, actually, it might be the next one we release, but the next one we're actually going to record, depending on when all this stuff comes out, the next one we're going to record is actually going to be our MCU. character. Mm. So we're going to be talking about the MCU, which, by the way, Black Panther, $1 billion already. So, yeah, guys. And uh, I said this other thing. Like I, I I'm doing a video. The video will be up on YouTube.com to say this. I'm not spending a lot of time on this, but I just want to say it's not a grand conspiracy that people break up the fact that Batman, that um Batman, that that Black Panther beat uh, a wrinkle in time. It's just I, I don't think people understand that it's it 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 shocked a lot of people that it also won a fourth weekend. It made forty-one million dollars four weekends out, guys. The next conversation is gonna be does it win this weekend? Because I looked at the tracking numbers for for Tomb Raider. It's only tracking at twenty eight.
1: Yo, I want to see that.
0: I see it tomorrow. I'll let, let you know. know. I'll let, let you know. know. We're all. We're all. I, like, did you have you played the video games? The new ones. It's,
1: it's the only games my my wife has beaten both of them.
0: That's why I'm nervous because I love. I love those games.
1: <laughs> They're so good. So,
0: this is going to be a, one of those problems where yeah, I'll be sitting she there. Can act. Like, this girl can act. No, she can. She can. But I'm just saying,
1: Walter Goggins
0: is in it. I didn't know that until today. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like they got some big yeah. shoes to fill. Because I like now, most I haven't. There hasn't been a video game movie where I go in going. Okay, show me what you got. I'm ready for this. Like when Assassin's Creed came out, I was like, mm, okay, whatever. Uh, warcraft like oh we're doing this but like tomb raider i'm like listen guys like these last two fucking video games have been fucking amazing are you sure you want to take this big leap right now so but we'll see like i said if if it does well then maybe black panther doesn't win this weekend but if it doesn't get good reviews and you're looking at a three-way race for the number one and black panther could win a fifth fucking weekend so holy shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is fucking amazing. So we're going to cover that with the MCU, just a history of it where, how we got this. I think there's a lot of, I think, I think going into how we've gotten to this point where the MCU, why it happened. Um, and I think also kind of why so many other uh, studios have struggled. And it's not just DC. A lot of studios are trying to do this cinematic universe thing and they are failing. And we're going to go into that in a while. So, but that'll be the next one. And then we'll come back with some more uh, Batman. I know we got the. We'll do two parts of Batman. We're going to be doing these weekend after weekend, so you'll be getting all these. We got Batman. We still got Cable and uh, the um, Summer's Bloodline, and we have Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, Infinity Stones. So those are all the ones we got coming up on the Character Corner. So stay tuned. We are going to be busy, and you guys get uh, us being busy means you guys get a lot of content. So
1: all the content, all the content, folks, all the. Content.
0: Again, thank you guys very much uh, for listening, and um, we will be back soon. Oh, don't forget, uh, again, it, I don't I don't know if anybody's listened to it yet, but I know today, uh, we're recording this on, on the 12th, today is when the Marvel released their Wolverine the Long Night uh, podcast episode. So if you want to check that out, go to Stitcher, uh, stitcher.com slash premium, put the code in Tuesday, and you get a free month of Stitcher Premium. And you listen to the podcast there. So uh, go out there and do that. And um, let us know what you guys think. So we'll be back soon. And until next time, we're out of here. Peace.